morning, Hart. Thank you so much. Just an honor and a privilege. I've said it every service and every time I feel it more and more. Just love your house. I'm a pastor from Joy Church in Medford, Oregon. And when I just knew I got to come and be with you, just the absolute honor of a lifetime. I have looked up, honored, respected your pastors, your church for a long time. And so being here for me was just like a dream come true. Thank you for having us. Brought a couple of guys with me, two of our guys. They just graduated their third year at Bible college and they're passionate for the Lord. But I'm happy Pastor Logan did that because I was just feeling the same thing. I just want us, before we get in the Word, really briefly, as he just did even that call to freedom, the verse on my heart was, as we were in worship, was Hebrews chapter 14. This isn't the Word, but you guys, worship is so anointed, it's hard to preach. You just want to prophesy the whole time in here, you know? We'll do a little if that's okay. And it's fun. I've been doing a different Word every service. Thanks for letting me do that, you know? I get bored of me. Anybody get bored of themselves? <laughs> like, you, you hear yourself too much? Like, I don't want to say the same thing over and over, so it's been... A blessing. Hebrews chapter 12, 14 says this. I want to pray this over us. It says, strive for peace with everyone. But this is what I just felt so strong as you're in worship. And it says, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. As we were just in worship singing those beautiful songs about holiness. I just even believe right now, obviously you're a Holy Spirit church. You're a presence of God church. I just even believe even right now in this moment, there's a spirit of consecration in this house. There's a spirit right now in this moment to say, God, as we just prayed after freedom and breakthrough and deliverance, I just want to pray one more time. I just see the holiness of God coming upon us. What did, back in the book of Leviticus, it said, and then Peter quoted this, it said, be holy therefore, for I, the Lord, am holy. I just even sense right now in this moment, the Lord calling us into a deeper level of holiness. What is holiness? Being sanctified, being set apart, that every worldly, earthly thing, everything that's of this world, every sinful thing, and I think sometimes we think about holiness, at least I do, like get all the big stuff out, but even David prayed, God, even to the, the thoughts and the meditations of my heart, all that stuff that no one's ever going to see. I just even sense in this moment for every single one of us, you know, many of you in this place, you are wonderful Christians. I've just been so honored to meet so many saints of God in this place, but there's a deep level of holiness even right now that I just sense the Lord wants to do in us. We're even down to the depths of our heart. Even down to our motives, why do we do what we do? God just sanctifying and purifying us. So Father, I pray right now for a fresh spirit, a fresh baptism of holiness on every single one of us. Father, we long to see you. Even this morning as we sang about the holy God who's seated on the throne. Oh, the one that all the angels and the elders, the one that they worship and they adore and they cast their crowns before you. God, we long to see you. Lord, even as you said, Lord Jesus, blessed are the pure in heart, what for they shall see God. So I pray right now in this moment, God, a fresh baptism of holiness on us. God, I pray every one of us in this moment, oh, precious Holy Spirit of God, even as the Apostle Paul called you in Romans of one precious spirit of holiness, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in our hearts. We welcome you in our lives. I pray, Lord Jesus, that even as you came to that temple and you cleansed it and you cast out anything that didn't please the Father, I just ask, do that in us again, God. Every one of us, from pastors and leaders down to just attenders, those that are visiting. God, I ask that you would sanctify us, that you would purify us, that you would make us righteous and pure. God, I pray even as that verse I read that we would strive, God, even this morning, that we would run after, chase and pursue a holiness that we could see you. Holy Spirit, come even right now, burn away the chaff of our hearts and burn away the chaff of our lives so that only that which remains is holy and pure and righteous. God, every dream, every ambition, everything in our heart that doesn't please you and honor you, God, burn it up until only what's pure and holy remains. Oh, precious Holy Spirit, we love you. We bless you. 
Lord, I thank you that your word says that the friendship of the Lord belongs to those who fear him. Well, I just pray this morning for a fresh baptism of the holy fear of the Lord. Father, I repent. We repent if we have forgotten how holy you are. Father, if we've forgotten how righteous you are. And God, I just ask for every one of us this morning, once again, restore a holy fear. Father, restore a holy awe of you, just to stand in awe of who you are. God, I pray that even as you met the children of Israel on Mount Sinai and you came with thunder and lightning and fire and cloud and a thick cloud of smoke, God, I just pray and as our hearts were filled with awe, do it again, God. God, do it again in our hearts. Do it again in our lives. I pray that we would be a people who know how to fear you. God, we'd be a people who know how to walk in holiness and purity and righteousness. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are not only comforter and counselor, but you were given to be the one that convicts us of sin. I just sense this morning the Holy Spirit coming right into our hearts to just even things that might be, it might be okay for somebody else. It might not even be a sin or not sin issue, but I just sense, even for some of us, there are areas where the Lord's been pressing our hearts and saying, not for you, that thing's not for you. And sometimes I think it's easy to go, well, God, it's not a sin, it's right. But I just sense even right now, the Holy Spirit coming and there's just a, that conviction to know. And I just encourage you right now, even in this moment, if there's a place that comes to your mind, surrender it to the Lord. If there's an area that you feel the Holy Spirit pressing his finger on in your life, Lord, I pray that we would be your friends. Forever, 
You are holy God. Hear your people. And hear your people sing. You are holy. And to the King of kings. And you are holy. And you will always be. And holy. Holy forever. Oh, just one more. Do you know this one? We fall down, we cast our crowns. Oh, when we fall down and we lay our crowns and at the feet and of Jesus. Oh, the greatness of His mercy and love and at the feet and love Jesus and we cry holy 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 and we cry holy 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 and we cry pray for every one of us God that you would teach us to be holy as you are holy today God to walk in holiness to live in holiness as you are Lord mark us today brand us Lord brand us with your holiness your righteousness and your purity there's a lady that led worship this morning she was right here I'm not sure what her name is is she here did she leave <laughs> is she gone okay well, I got a word for if I see her again. Can I pray for you? I, I'm sorry I forgot your name. Micaiah, is that okay? Micaiah, you are up here. Again, I don't know almost any of you guys. I know that you're Seth's wife. I just saw, and I always close my eyes and I prophesy. Sorry, I just can't do it with my eyes open. I'm too ADD. I just saw this a shepherdess anointing over you. I just saw this shepherd's rod in your hand. And actually, there's a lot of pictures that were all in my head at the same time, so I'm just mixing them. I just really sense this beautiful shepherding spirit over you to love and to serve the people of God. Even as when the Lord Jesus spoke with Peter, and it just, I said that last night, when he said, Peter, your love for me, the overflow is serve my sheep, tend my sheep, care for my sheep. And I just see this heart in you that's there and even just increasing and growing and the Lord calling it out of you, a lover of people, a server of people, just this beautiful shepherdess. And I literally, I saw it. I just saw almost the Lord Jesus grabbing your hand in that Psalm 23 staff where he leads his sheep. I just saw him putting it in you and just saying he's going to lead you on this journey. Don't, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do in this church, but I just sense you will never have to worry. You will never have to fear because the good shepherd's going to teach you how to shepherd. I just saw him teaching you. I just almost see him like walking with 
with you in, in whatever you call those. Like in the flock and just teaching you, here's what we do here and here's what we do there. Don't worry about what it looks like and all the details and all these things. I don't even know what you do in this church. But I just sense Jesus, the good shepherd, is going to teach you to be a mighty shepherdess. And that you will never have to worry or be afraid because he will walk with you. He will lead you. He will guide you. And step by step, day by day, I just see it's going to unfold. It's not all at once. But I just see day by day, you're just going to learn. And this wisdom and this insight is growing on you to just whatever role you're in in this place to shepherd the people of God. And I just saw almost like this Deborah anointing on you. I almost just saw, I don't know if like ministry is what you wanted or what you planned for or not, but I almost just saw the Lord. It's like you were just sitting doing your thing and it's like, whoa, this is not my plan. But all of a sudden God says you're the right woman for the right hour. That whatever it is he's calling you to, whatever it is that the hand of the Lord is on you for, whatever the plans and the purposes are that he's putting on the inside of you, I just see that it might even come as a surprise. I feel like some of the, like the assignments that God is going to put on your life, they're going to shock you. And you almost, I almost have seen you saying to yourself, like, this was not my plan. It wasn't my, I didn't try for this. I didn't even want this. But there's going to be a moment and God is calling you up and he's calling you out to stand up. And I even just see like when Elijah tossed that mantle onto Elisha, there's going to be a moment and it's like, just burn everything else, throw the plans out the window and don't miss the moment when God calls you. Whatever that looks like. And I just see this weighty anointing coming upon you. It's already there. You are ministering beautifully today. I almost just see like you're going to almost feel it physically on your shoulders, the weight of the anointing, the weight of the mantle that's going to come upon you. But at the same time, I just see the joy of the Lord coming to you. It will not be heavy. I just believe that you're going to learn to, you're going to minister, you do in a way where it's just, it's not heavy, it's not hard, it's not a burden, but the joy of the Lord is going to strengthen you. So Father, whatever it is you have for her, whatever the plans and the purposes are, I just believe she's going to be a mighty shepherdess for your kingdom. God, I believe she's a lover and a servant of people. And God, you're going to use her in a mighty way. So I bless this beautiful sister in the Lord. Would you anoint her, God? In Jesus' name. Amen. I feel like I had one more for somebody else, but I just can't remember where they are. And usually I got to see their face. So if I see you during, during the message, I'll just prophesy over you. I guess if you're a wild church, I'll be a wild guy. Can I just pray one more thing over you? Not really that wild. As you guys were in your beautiful pre-service prayer, I just love it, right down the foyer. I just felt like for your church, there's just this beautiful anointing to be the, the, the hands and feet of Jesus in your city. Again, I don't know what you do or what your church is like, but I just saw an anointing and a grace to serve the least of these. When Jesus said, when you fed the hungry, you did it to me. When you clothed the naked, you did it to me. When you gave water to the thirsty. I don't know if that's what you do here, your heart. But I just really believe there's just an increase even in this being the physical, tangible hands and feet of Jesus. And we're going to talk about this morning for the third whatever service this is. Supernatural hands and feet. But I just believe there's a grace for like physical, tangible acts of service. Just stuff that doesn't feel spiritual. Even people in this place that you might not feel like a spiritual person. But God has gifted you in really practical ways just to do normal life stuff that blesses people. I just want to encourage you. That's the work of the Lord. Like you change a single mom's oil. That's the work of the Lord. God will bless it, right? You do something. I don't know what your business is, what you have, what God wants to do on the inside of you. But I just want to encourage this house. I just see you like in a Matthew chapter 5 chapter way. The Lord Jesus said, when they see your good works, the Father's going to get glory. And I just feel in this place, practical, ordinary, boring stuff that doesn't feel spiritual, God's going to get glorified through it. So Lord, I just bless this church. I bless this house. I thank you for the heart of the city. God, even this, their, their heart to be right in the center of the city. God, I pray they would be your hands and your feet. God, I just pray that they would be Lord, just that even as you wash the feet of your disciples, that beautiful spirit of humility, 
that just says we don't care what it looks like, we don't care what it costs us, we don't care if it's glamorous, we literally want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I just bless that heart and I just pray increase, I pray you bring in the provision, God, for every dream and vision and desire, I pray you just open up the doors and that God, as they are your hands and feet, that you would be glorified and your people would be blessed. We love you, God, we bless you in the Jesus, in Jesus' name, everybody said. Oh, she's back. Where is she? Hey, <laughs> what was your name? Yolen. Could I just pray over you real quick? Is that okay? Is that too many words on the same message? You're like, somebody shut this guy up. Get him preaching. Okay. I don't even think I'm going to read it, but I just want to have it open. Yolen, I just heard a passage of scripture over you, an awesome parable. In Matthew chapter 25, and you're easy to prophesy over because you're just like wild and radical and crazy and burning up here. But I just, even before I saw you do any of that, I walked in last night in, in that, the practice. I just heard Matthew chapter 25. You are a prophetic voice that's coming to wake people up in the spirit, not just in the natural with a singing voice. But in Matthew chapter 25, the parable is there were the women that weren't prepared. There were the women that were prepared with their lamps filled with oil. But there's a third level. And I just heard this is who you are and this is who God has called you to be. So don't you ever doubt it. Many people are those that they're ready, they're prayed up, whatever. But there was a voice that cried out at midnight that said, wake up, the bridegroom is coming. And there are people that even within the church, they even call other believers out and higher and further in the presence of God. And I just saw the Lord coming and just even stirring up afresh. Don't you ever doubt the voice He's given you? Don't you ever? I even just sense there's going to be a sharpening of the prophetic mantle on your life. He's coming to open up your ears. And I just see prophetic words flying out of you, songs of the Lord. I just saw Jericho that even as you sing and as you prophesy, walls are going to start falling down around people. Again, that's easy to see with your eyes. But... And even it's, it's not a personality thing. It's not because you're up here. It's none of that. It's the anointing of God. Don't you ever think it's just because, oh, I, I'm expressive. No. There's an anointing on you. There's like this breakthrough. Even this morning, you did it. Every service you've done it as you sang, it's like you broke something open in the spirit. And I just believe you're not just one that's praying and seeking God, but you're a prophetic voice at midnight that's crying out and you're waking people up. And I just speak, Lord, I pray over her. God, I pray that this, that fresh mantle would fall on her, the prophetic. God, I even just pray that supernatural signs and wonders and miracles would break out as she sings. They'd break out as she prophesies. Lord, as she sings the song of the Lord, that those Jericho walls are going to fall down. And that, God, you would use her mightily. I bless her, and I thank you for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to preach real quick. Is that okay? Okay. Here we go. I love you. And I go to a Baptist seminary. You wouldn't believe that, would you? I'm not a Baptist, but I actually was talking about this kind of stuff in class, and it's super controversial. And this other guy, he was so moved. Like, he's a total, like, against it. And after, in the school cafeteria, he says, would you lay hands on me and pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And so... That's the world I live in, is sometimes this dry academic world that desperately needs the Holy Ghost. And so... Thank you for being such a beautiful Holy Spirit house. It's awesome. Thank you, Aslan, for being so wonderful. Thank you. If you have your Bible, real brief, I'm not going to preach long. We've got to get you out of here. At our church, we say we want to beat the Baptist to Burgerville. So. <laughs> here we go. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 through 8. You know this. Probably it's simple. Thank you, Pastor, for letting me preach a, a third word today. 
Matthew chapter 10, 7 through 8 says this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is what Jesus told people to proclaim. As he sent out his disciples, said, I want you to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. You received without paying, so I want you to give without pay. Or freely you've received, I want you to give freely. I'm going to try to preach real short and real simple. This is a basic word. I know that you know it up here, but if I could just provoke you maybe a little bit more to start living it out, that's my goal today. Again, I'm not going to tell my whole story, but I, th I wrote this in my notes just that I think part of my life was being surprised at the power of Jesus. I so desperately growing up wanted all this stuff to be true. I grew up in church. I heard about it. But to me, I'm, I'm, I don't know what where this would fall on Enneagram, I'm not sure, but I so, I hate anything fake. I hate anything forged. If it's fake, I don't want it. I'm not interested in it. But if it's real, I want all of it. And honestly, I remember hearing about signs and wonders and miracles and supernatural, and I so desperately wanted it to be real. I so desperately wanted to experience it. But to be honest, I think a lot of people talk about it, but few people see it and live it and demonstrate it. Now, maybe that's not true here because it seems like you're a wild miracle working church. I came from a Holy Spirit church, but I was like, God, the stuff I'm reading about in here, I'm not necessarily seeing out here. And I remember in my life, at least, I began to get hungry for this. And honestly, a lot of it was going to the nations and seeing this. Even seeing other people do miracles is one thing, but it's very different to see it yourself. And if I could just get one thing in your spirit this morning, it's the supernatural power of simple faith. You don't got to be a rock star. You don't got to be a super Christian. You don't got to like level up somehow in the Christian faith and even get a whole bunch of degrees. If you have the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you, what Jesus called his disciples to do is for you, right? For anybody. And I grew up and I still am just the most ordinary, boring, average guy from middle of nowhere, Medford, Oregon. And I thought, God, if you could do it in me, you could probably do it anywhere for anybody. And I remember, honestly, for me, it was discovering that this stuff isn't just theory. It's not just academic knowledge. It's not just, we're not just looking right at church and looking at history. And well, that was awesome that Jesus did this. But this is an invitation from our God to say, you know what? The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us. Right? They're the same signs and wonders and miracles that he did. They're available for you and I today. That's wonderful. And that's called Christianity. Right? So I, I could give you a million stories. I remember the first, I hope this isn't too scary, the first time I got to cast a real crazy demon out of somebody. Uh, I was in Cambodia. This guy didn't speak English. I didn't speak Khmer. And I remember I'd heard about it, but I so wanted it to be true. I'd heard all these stories, whatever. I don't want to just live off of somebody else's stories. A commitment I give to our, to our youth group, I preach most every Wednesday night, as I say, I will never live off of just last week, last month, last year. I will come every week with living miracles of what Jesus is doing today. Right? The people we're sharing the gospel with today, the people we're praying for today, the miracles we're believing for right now. So these are older stories, but I probably have some from, at least, today's still young, so I got more time to, to do some stuff, you know? <clears throat> I was sharing the gospel with some lady on a plane yesterday, not really amazing miracles yet, but maybe there's a miracle breaking out there, who knows? But I remember the first time, it's probably the first time I've ever seen something really wild like this. I just laid hands on this guy, spoke no English, and all I did was like uh, started praying in tongues. Um, and I remember, again, for me, doubt and unbelief was a hard thing. I, I, it was hard for me to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was so afraid of it. I was so nervous. I just so didn't want to fake it. I never wanted to do something copying somebody else. So I was like a, a, a secret charismatic in the closet, honestly. <laughs> 
I say this. I say most churches in America were, were closet charismatics, right? We haven't come out yet to tell the world who we are, what we really believe. Sorry, it's offensive, but we are in Idaho, right? So. And I remember, I'll just get a story. I lay down to this guy. All I did was like the same tongues I'd been doing in the shower, the same tongues by myself, three seconds of praying, and the guy goes, ah, collapses. Collapses on the ground, starts manifesting crazy demons. We start praying for him for like an hour. He gets delivered. He lifts me up on the ground. And I watch that guy start jumping and dancing around a room for like an hour, worshiping and praising God because he got delivered. Again, and I literally, I'm not even kidding. I went away from there like, it works. I literally, I'm not exaggerating. I was a young guy going, this stuff works. Like he said we could do it. We, I remember praying for this lady in South Asia and she had some disease in her stomach. And again, it's like, I don't, this kind of stuff is kind of fun because the, he doesn't give a lot of instructions on how, right? Now, I love theology. I love learning this stuff. But when you get in the supernatural, it's like a lot of people ask me like, how? I'm like, just do it, you know? He, he kind of does, but he's just like, go heal the sick. Like, is there like another book called Healing the Sick 101 for Christians, you know? <laughs> I remember I laid hands on this lady. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, you got this disease in your stomach, and it was really serious. And I just start, there's a couple of people from our team around us, and all of a sudden, we could feel the presence of God, and her stomach started going on the inside. I'm like, either she had a bad breakfast, or that's the Holy Spirit, you know? (laughs) And I just remember, all of a sudden, that night, she comes back with bug eyes, and she said, I'm absolutely healed, through a translator. All the pain, all the symptoms, everything that's been wrong with me is absolutely gone, right? Maybe I'll give you more, but I could give you just story after story after story of being surprised by saying, this stuff isn't just theory. It's not just stuff we talk about at church. And if I could just provoke you to one thing, that's for you. This is for every single one of us, right? I got wonderful friends all around the world that provoke me. One of my best friends, he's one of our pastors at our church in Africa, and he's like, you know, the only dead person I raised was dead for like 12 minutes, so I don't count it. That's not long enough to be dead to count as a resurrection. You know, I was talking with him, and I'll tell that story later. I'll make you wait for it. I want to read you this from Jim Elliott, one of my heroes, amazing missionary man of God. He said, forgive me for being so ordinary while claiming to know such an extraordinary God. Forgive me for being so ordinary while claiming to know so extraordinary a God. What if you and I just got this in our heart? And I want to get this right, because I think many times you might hear a message like this or stories or testimonies, whatever. I think most of us should think that's not for me. I don't have what it takes or something that you're not missing anything. And I wrote this on purpose. There's supernatural power and very simple faith. And I think that the more that we complicate it and the more that we think it's, it's about our methods and how we do this and whatever, we can manipulate the situation, you'll lose it. You won't see it. And I think the more that we can get ourselves, as I'll talk about very briefly this morning, into a simple posture of faith and trust in the Lord Jesus and service to everybody else, the supernatural, power, wonder-working power of God will follow you everywhere that you go. Number one, you know this, faith is powerful. I read this scripture in first service, but here it is again, John 14. The Lord Jesus promised us, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do. Because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know that. I'm not going to preach it long. Faith is powerful. Right? I think faith is the most powerful thing in the world. 
Now, the crazy thing about faith is it's believing God for something you can't do on your own. It's believing God for maybe something you can't even imagine. Like, okay, this is a story where the miracle didn't happen. Sorry to discourage you, but I remember this one time this guy came to me in Africa and he, and he didn't tell me he had no leg. He was wearing jeans. He's like, hey, would you pray healing for my legs? I'm like, sure. So I got down and I put my hands around his leg and it did this. My hands touched. I was like, bro, that's not a healing. Like, that's making a new leg, you know? Now, I've heard about that kind of stuff happening. I know it's real. So for me, I don't think I had faith for it yet to grow the leg. I do now, honestly. My friend in that church, that pastor, he was in a bus one time and the Holy Spirit said, get up and start preaching the gospel. So he got up, starts preaching. And as he's preaching from the back, this is my friend Gabriel Nuagabi, at the back of this bus, he starts hearing people shrieking and screaming. And he goes, what's up? Somebody jumps, a person in that bus had leprosy and all their fingers had rotted off. As he was preaching the gospel, the fingers started growing back until the person had a beautiful new hand. <clears throat> Gabriel said, it's one of my best friends. He said, I could not give an altar call fast enough. That entire bus got saved and everybody came to know Jesus. So <clears throat> that one, he didn't even pray for anybody. He didn't even talk about healing. It's just this simple faith that says as people start hearing about Jesus, signs and wonders and miracles should break out. I love praying for people. One of my favorite miracles is when people just get a, or get a miracle without even praying for it. I love at church, sometimes in our youth group, we'll just be in, in the, you probably get this here, in worship and someone that's never been baptized in the Spirit just gets baptized and starts speaking in tongues. Like, oh, that's even better because you didn't need me to lay hands on you. It just happened as you were in worship and prayer. Faith is powerful. You know, I, I don't think there is a miracle that's impossible for God. God in the, in the Bible can translate people to different locations. I don't get that up here. I don't know how God could move. Is that Philip? He's like preaching the gospel, miracles breaking out. He, you know, he's, this guy gets saved. He gets water baptized and boom, he gets moved. And if God could do that, what miracle is too hard for God to do for you? Right? And if we would just get this on the inside of us, number one, faith is powerful. Number two, faith is simple. Faith is simple. It's childlike. What did the Lord Jesus say? Nobody gets in the kingdom if they're not like a child. And if I could encourage us, I think one of, I never want to grow up in the kingdom. You know, we talked about this last night. I never want my heart to get hard and my heart to get cold. I never want to get, you know, our, our pastor always says, never lose your rookie status. We're just rookies in the kingdom. <clears throat> All of us just have this amateur spirit. That says, you know what? There's a lot for me to learn and a lot of ways I can go. And I just want to humble myself before God. To this child, like for kids, everything's possible, right? Kids aren't, they haven't learned to doubt yet. Kids haven't learned to be skeptical. Yes, adults, we're so darn skeptical half the time, aren't we? And I love, you know, I got all these nieces and nephews and they're wild and they're crazy and they're awesome. And the thing I love is the wonder that fills their heart to just dream. What would happen if you and I learned to dream again? What if we allowed the Holy Spirit of God to brood in our hearts and you and I just learned how to dream God's kind of dreams for the world? My favorite Christians are the ones that were the worst sinners and are the freshest saved. They're the best Christians out of all of us. I love it, our youth group. They get up on stage, we'll get these kids that they'll like be saved for like three minutes. Like, can I pray? I'm like, sure, dude, I don't care, you can pray. And they start praying prayers like, God, I pray for every person in this world to get saved. And all the grown-up Christians say, impossible, right? Because that Christian hasn't learned to doubt yet. That Christian hasn't learned unbelief yet. And every time I see that, I say, oh, Jesus, give me that heart again. I say, oh, Jesus, I hear these kids get up and they say, God, I pray for every kid in my high school to get saved. And all the kids, oh, it never happened, you know, statistically, like 25% of the, the, the seeds in the parable of the sower only get saved, so only 25%. And I'm like, heck no. 
I'm like, chill out, man. I want that kind of faith that's simple and childlike that says, God, anything's possible for you. So faith is powerful. Faith is simple. We know this. Our faith is in Jesus. I love this. This set me free in my life when I realized my faith isn't in my own gifts or talents or abilities. It's not in my skills. Our faith is just in Him. Right? So what happens? When the moment comes, and I got to go a little faster. When the moment comes that you got to pray, stop looking at yourself. Stop giving God all the excuse and all the reasons why you can't or why you don't have it. Just get your eyes on Him because everything that you need is in Him. I think a lot of times I was afraid to pray for sick people because I just kept looking at myself and giving God all the things I didn't have rather than looking at the healer, the only one who could do it. And whatever miracle you need, you need financial provision, stop looking at what you lack. Start looking at the one who has all of it. And realizing, God, everything that I already need, you have it. It's easy for you. But our faith, it's in Him. You can read that in Mark chapter um, 11, verses 22 to 25. He says, have faith in God. And he goes on all these kind of things. And then he says, have faith in me. But here's where I want to go this morning. As we end and the worship team joins me. So faith is powerful. Faith is simple if they're here. If they're not, no problem. Faith is in Jesus. And here's where I want to stir you up this morning, Heart of the City Church. Faith is courageous and risky. I want you to hear this. It's not faith if there's no risk. At our church, we say this, you probably know this, it's simple, and I don't have a spelling problem. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You ever heard that? Faith is spelled risk. I think all of us, we want miracles. We want God to use us, but we want some kind of absolute guarantee that nothing could go wrong. That won't happen. I think about the setup that Jesus got Mary and Martha. He like lets the brother die, and he knows it happens. And then he doesn't even show up. He's four days late. Hallelujah for all the late people. Anybody else? You're late to everything? I'll be late to my own funeral. Honestly, I will. <clears throat> right? And Jesus gets him in this setup. It's like it would have been way better if you showed up when it was a sickness, but now he's four days dead. God puts us in these situations where it's absolutely impossible for us, and he gets all the glory. Right? It's easy to show up. Now, you should, pastors, go when you're called to pray for healing, right? Go right away. But it would have been easy for Jesus to come right in that moment, but he lets it get in this spot where there's risk and it takes courage. And everybody's afraid. They go, you're out of your mind. What are you doing? Why are you standing outside this tomb when he's been dead four days? It's impossible. And Jesus just looks up and says, Father, I know you've already heard me. And he calls Lazarus to come out. And right there, in the midst of the risk, there's a resurrection. Let me read you this from William Booth. I love this quote. It's one that lives in my heart. He said, God loves with a great love the man whose heart is bursting with a passion for the impossible. I think faith moves the heart of God. And that's what Pastor Logan and us guys were talking about last night, that there's a, there's a way to literally move God's heart. I'll give you a couple examples. I think about Joshua in the Old Testament. And no, I don't think Joshua had precedent for this. Out of the blue, he's in this battle. He just lifts up his eyes and he says, Son, stand still. That's a pretty radical prayer, isn't it? It's a pretty risky, like courage requiring prayer. And what does the scripture say? If you read the end of that chapter, it said, Never has God listened to the voice of a man the way he listened to Joshua up to that point. And because Joshua had a faith like nobody else had, he got to see a miracle that no one ever has or has seen before because of his faith. You know, I think about, we talked about it last night. Mary of Bethany, as she breaks that alabaster jar on Jesus' feet and she pours this out and it says that it moved his heart. It ministered him. Faith moves the heart of God. And we were talking last night about Stephen, the martyr. 
And this is one of my favorite stories in the scripture that Stephen is martyred. What happens? He lifts up his eyes and he says, I see the Son of God standing. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there because every scholar, every person I've read believes this. Every single time when you look in scripture, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And there's one moment in all of scripture that the Son of God stands up off his throne. And it's a very simple man that probably didn't have riches, didn't have wealth, didn't have fame, didn't have pop. He didn't even make apostle status. <laughs> he didn't make it. It's like, dude, you're like, and I, or he didn't make elder status. He like got put in deacons, which are wonderful. It's a beautiful gift from God. And this man, Stephen, all of a sudden, because of his courage and his faith and his sacrifice, the scripture says that Jesus stood up and he's standing there. And most people believe, most scholars believe that that was a sign of Jesus' honor for his sacrifice. And I'll just ask you this morning, do we have a faith that moves the heart of God? I get it. I'm a normal person like any of you. And it is so easy to live in fear. It's so easy to live in doubt and unbelief. But when you get to the end of your life, I think you're going to say, God, I wish I trusted you at your word. I bet you're going to say, God, I wish I listened to your voice. You know, I have a commitment. I try. I fail a lot. But there's a Holy Spirit. I will never disobey your voice. Holy Spirit, I will never resist you because I've never once regretted obeying him. But I, I regret every time I didn't. What do I mean? When you're in the grocery store and you see somebody and you feel the Spirit say, go speak to them. Do it. Who cares what happens? Who cares what they think? Who cares if they laugh at you, they mock you? They probably won't kill you in our country. Right, when, you see somebody that, when you see somebody that's sick and you feel the Holy Spirit stirring up to go lay hands on them, why don't you do it? Right? Real faith takes courage. Real faith takes risk. Every time that I've seen it or I've read about it or heard about it, when somebody saw God move mightily, it never happened in safety and it never happened in comfort. Right? All of our miracles are in the zone of faith which says, God, I'm totally afraid. I'm totally terrified. I don't know what to do, but I'll take you at your word. And I would just charge us faith that our church, that real faith is courageous and risky. God loves with a great love those whose hearts are bursting with a passion for the impossible. Faith is persistent, relentless. I'm going to skip that. And faith is bold and confident. You know George Mueller, amazing man? He said, be assured if you walk with him and look to him and expect help from him, he will never fail you. He will never fail you. You know, George Mueller wrote down over 50,000 prayers that God answered. They said 30,000 of those, he took care of 10,000 orphans with never asking for money, never having an income. And they said 30,000 of his prayers were answered within one hour or one day of praying them. One of my favorite stories about George Mueller is they had no, he had all these orphans, they had no food to feed them. True story, you can read his biography, it's wonderful. They had no food and he didn't know what to do. And there's a faith that moves God. And he didn't know what to do and he just said, or everybody, go sit down, God will provide. And all of a sudden, they're sitting and he just says, I'm going to pray and I believe your father will feed you because he'll never leave you hungry. And all of a sudden they get a knock at the door and somebody comes and says, I couldn't sleep last night. I was disturbed all night and I felt like the Lord said I needed to bake bread for all the orphans. And a person comes with enough bread to feed all of them. And he goes, well, Lord, that's a start. All of a sudden another knock comes. It's a true story. You can read it. Another knock comes at the door and a milk truck had broken out, broken down outside the house. And they come and they say, the milk's going to spoil. So I think rather than wasting it, why don't the orphans come drink milk? And George Mueller, that's one of 50,000 prayers he saw answered. And he lived this life. He said, I'll never ask anybody. He actually said, this is crazy. He said, I'm building these orphanages first and foremost to demonstrate to the world that God will fulfill every promise he made in this book. That was George Mueller's first ambition. 
saying, God, I want to be a living demonstration that I can take care of and feed 10,000 orphans or minute over his lifetime and never ever ask for money and never ask for anything to show the world that you'll keep your promise. Number two, he said, I want to care for the spiritual welfare of the orphans and see them go to heaven. And third, I want to meet physical needs because that's what you called us to do. That's a pretty cool paradigm, I think, for life and ministry. And I just want to ask you this. You ever put yourself in a situation like that? And if you haven't, I urge you to do it today. To say, God, I'm done. We talked about it last night. I'm done just staying in the safety of the boat if you've invited me to walk on the water. And I just really feel this for you, church, even as I gave that word last night. Even as the Lord commanded Joshua, he said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed that the Lord, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I just believe in this season that God is stirring up a new generation of wild, radical Christians that just have a simple faith. If I could just encourage you and stir something in your heart this morning, you don't need anything special. You just need faith in this God. What has he called you to do? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. If you'll take him at his word, he'll never fail you. Amen. Can I just invite you to stand with me this morning as we close. You know, I love that in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, it actually talks about the supernatural spiritual gift of faith. And I feel that in this room right now. I just feel like the Lord is going to stir up. The, I just talked about nor, normal, ordinary faith today in Jesus. But I feel like there's a spiritual, supernatural, Holy Spirit stirring of faith. Not just for individuals, but even corporately in this house. If you want that, would you just lift your hands with me? And just for about one or two minutes, team, would you just play with me? We're going to begin to pray. I'm just going to ask that the Lord would baptize this house in big, wild, radical, courageous, risk-taking faith for His glory. So Heart of the City Church, from the front to the back, would you just begin to lift up your voices in prayer? Lord Jesus, I thank You that You are the God of miracles. You are the God of the impossible. And I just pray for this beautiful church and this beautiful house. Woo! Holy Spirit, breathe a fresh wind of faith on this place. God, breathe fresh courage and faith in this house in You. God, I pray that the greatest signs and wonders and miracles this church has seen will be ahead of them. God, I pray they would heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse lepers and cast out demons. God, I pray that you would open up the heavens over this place. That God, this would be a house like Jacob of Bethlehem where the angels of God are ascending and descending. God, where your presence is welcome, where your kingdom is established.